You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today's case study of the week shows you how one entrepreneur got to six figures in their first year by doing less. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another case study edition here on the Mind Your Business Podcast, where I love to showcase extraordinary entrepreneurs that are up to extraordinary things. Here on the show with me, today is no exception. My guest today is Jess O'Connell, and she's going to talk about what it took, really, and how she got to that elusive, magical unicorn number of six figures in 12 months. That first 12 months, that's, that is an amazing accomplishment. We talk about, you know, these stupid milestones and titles and all that stuff and, and really, you know, debunk a lot of that. But, you know, regardless, it's an incredible accomplishment. And this is about what she had to do to do less, which is always that backwards approach. It's like the Chinese finger cuffs. How Jess deciding to do less Less with Jess got her to do more. Huh? That doesn't make sense. Well, it will on today's episode. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Jess is a transformation course strategist and creator of the Standout Sales System. She helps online coaches and course creators develop their own signature methodology and transformational framework so that they can stand out online, attract their perfect potential clients, and create a signature offer that creates massive transformation. She's also the founder of the Decide to Rise podcast, which empowers ambitious entrepreneurs like you to let go of the things holding them back, embody their highest self, and decide to rise. And she is today's guest here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's play that interview with Jess O'Connell right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with my very special guest for today, our case study of the week, Jess O'Connell. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with your audience today. For those who are listening, you can't see the sign behind Jess that says my success is inevitable. That's yes. pretty awesome. Why don't you go ahead? Um, I know you've had an ex- unbelievable first year in business. Yeah. I've seen so much growth from you since October last mm-hmm. year. So amazing. Why don't we start by letting our audience know a little bit about you? Who are you? What do you, what do, you do? Who do you help? How do you help people? Yeah. So my name is Jess. I help online coaches and course creators really figure out their methodology and messaging so they can stand out online and truly become the authority and the thought leaders that they want to become. Awesome. So we just kind of talked a little bit before the show and uh, you shared with me first year, six figures, you know, that's this silly number mm-hmm. that everyone, this elusive number that everyone always mm-hmm. has to get to, right? But you did it. And that's so amazing. And we talked a little bit about what that really takes to get there. What would you say you were struggling with the most a year ago? What would you say were like the biggest hurdles and and pitfalls that were keeping you from getting to this magical milestone, as they say? Yes. It's funny because you say that because I really do feel like once you've hit six figures, then you become quote unquote legit, right? And that was the belief that I was operating (laughs) under. Is that that true? 
No. And that was such a big lesson for me Mm. too, is like, as soon as it rolled over, I was like, and I'm legit. And I didn't feel any different. No different. Yeah. And I realized that I had to choose to feel successful at every single level because a hundred K does not make you successful. Right. Mm -hmm. 10K months does not make you successful. Having a sold out launch does not make you successful. It's a choice. And so, but a year ago this month, I had just hit $20,000 in revenue in my entire business in the first six months. So I've been in business for about 18 months. And so I hit 20K and I was like, how the heck am I going to get to a hundred in my Mm -hmm. first year? Like I'm halfway through the year. I'm 20% to my goal. Right. How is this going to happen? And I'm working my ass off to make it happen. I was. What were you doing back then? Oh my gosh. I was launching courses, but I was launching everything. Like I, Mm. it was very much so of the ilk of just hustle your face off until you make it happen. And so I was launching, you're going to laugh, like literally every week I was launching something new. (laughs) Who does does that? Who thinks that that's sustainable? Oh my Mm -hmm. God. So much work. I had a membership. I had different courses every month. I had a mastermind. I had one-on-one coaching. And it was all monthly. And so like every, like I had to remake that money every single month and I would start every single month at zero. And it was such this daunting task. And I was doing everything. I was doing all my marketing. I was building my audience. I was doing all the things. I even started a podcast, which I then shut down very quickly when I realized I do not have the capacity to Mm. do all of the things. And that was when I like part of this guy named James Wedmore who talks about working less and making more. (laughs) It does. I mean, it's completely backwards. And so I joined business by design just over or just under a year ago. And I watched the video about building bridges and I felt (laughs) so called out. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. That's me. I am building a hundred bridges. What was driving that behavior? Honestly, I think it was a couple things. One, I am a very like dedicated person. I don't know how to not take action. Mm. And so every idea that I would have, I'd have to take action on it. And also I kind of came up in the business world with a mentor who ran her business this way. And so I saw the evidence of her being successful-ish with that. Right. And I was like, okay, this is what you have to do to be successful. And so I very much so modeled my business after her. And I realized that that works for her, which is amazing, but that was not working for me. My personal life was crazy. My marriage was on the rocks. Like my kids never saw me because I was always working. And I realized like, what am I giving up here to make this happen? Like, is it worth having a successful business if this is what it takes? And then this guy told me about bridges and (laughs) I... (laughs) And I decided in that moment, I am pretty good at listening to people who know more than I do. And I remember Voxering my, because I had a VA at that point. And I was like, all right, we're shutting down the membership. We're shutting down the mastermind. We're shutting down coaching. I'm taking this one course I launched months ago and we're launching it again. And she was like, oh my God, what are you doing? That sounds crazy. (laughs) You're shutting down your business. And I was like, yes, we are shutting it all down. We're going to launch this one thing and we're going to do it the right way. Or at least we're going to do it by itself. And the first time I launched that program, I had a pretty decent launch. It was about $3,000. And by shutting everything else down and just focusing on that launch, I had a 10K launch right out of the gate of BBD. Wow. That's huge. Huge. That's amazing. We can't, 
we can't just rush over stuff like that because that's one of those things where it's like, okay, like significant jump there, but like mm-hmm. that new pattern that just now of like how you operate in the business is now reinforced and will continue to take anyone in a completely different direction. Cause if your whole thing is like, okay, if I want to make more money, I just got to create a bunch of new things and mm-hmm. sell 50 different things and build a hundred bridges. Holy cow. And as soon as you got evidence to like, no, I can just go all in on this one thing. Yeah. And I, realized like energetically, the reason why my launches weren't that successful was because I wasn't going all in on anything. Wow. And so like the universe didn't know how to conspire in my favor because I was all over the place. So by focusing Mm -hmm. and like deciding and saying, this is the bridge that I'm building, everything aligned in that way. And I had the easiest, I launched like on the road home from Disneyland. <laughs> Literally I did like my first day of the five day challenge in a hotel room and like so cool. on the road, I was just like hot spotting all the way through Utah. It's pretty home badass. from Disneyland. I love that. Yeah. I love those stories that people are like, yeah, I was like launching on vacation. I was launching to all doing this thing. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. How would you convince somebody? Cause I think that right there is a huge thing, right? It's like, once you learn that one, cause I mean, how many other people are doing that? I was doing mm-hmm. that. So I have to imagine if you were doing it, I was doing it. Like a lot of people are doing it. Now we talk about how like we have really essentially one product business mm-hmm. by design and we launch it one time a year. Right. I love that. And we have other offerings and stuff that are all connected to it, you know, higher level coaching and masterminds and stuff, but it all comes from that one thing. And even business by design alone is more than 50% of our entire revenue. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's because I, we put all, not me anymore. It's all of us as a team. We put everything we got into that one thing. How would you convince somebody that's still on the fence of like, I don't know, Jess, I think I need to do 10 projects. <laughs> I mean, people are going that yeah. crazy, right? But they've got three things that they're, I'm trying to launch a membership and a course. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that all the time. I have two ideas for two different niches, two different memberships. I'm going to go launch them, but I'm working on both right now. Yeah. How would you go ahead and convince somebody that that's probably not the best way to approach it? Yeah. I think they already know that it's not the best way to approach it, right? Which is why they're asking for permission to pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I would ask like, how does this making you feel? Is this working for the life that you're trying to create? I thought we're doing this to create freedom and to get out from under working all of the time. Even if you love working, like it still can be a prison. And I think that how is it making you feel? And what would you do if either one were successful? I think the reason why people hold on to so many things is because they're afraid of choosing the wrong thing. And when you release the need to pick the right thing or you release the idea that there even is a wrong thing, that's really when you can move confidently forward. That's really where you can begin to like trust that intuition a hundred percent that like there is no wrong choice. That's a really hard thing for people to really get behind. How did you choose with all the offerings that you had? How many, how many did you have? And then how did you choose? I had four different levels of offerings, but I had like six different courses that I had launched up to that point. Holy cow. So you had six different meal options in front of you on your plate. (laughs) How did you choose? What was that like for you? What was going through your head? How did you know that the one that you ended up launching was the right one? Yeah. I picked the one that I could talk about and not get sick of. Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. The one that like I knew that I could keep talking about it, that I was an endless wealth of knowledge about. And the one that excited me the most, right? I picked the one 
that I had a bit of an audience for because they were all for similar audiences. Luckily, like at least I wasn't building bridges with different audiences too. But I picked the one that I was like, I can go deeper with this. I can Mm -hmm. talk more about this. I can keep serving about this without getting sick of it. And that was the one that felt great to me. And so that's the one that I did it with. That's really awesome. That's a really good, good way to look at it. It's like, what's the one that like, I could just, it's like that desert Island thing. It's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. get one book on a desert Island. It's like, if you were stranded on a desert Island, what course would you sell over and over if you could only pick one course? (laughs) Or even like if you're at a party and you're just talking to people, what's the Mm -hmm. one thing you cannot shut up about? Yeah. That's That's the thing you should probably be doing. Probably. Right. It's like, oh no, it seems so easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can be. Yeah. What happened then? So all of a sudden it took six months mm-hmm. to generate 20K and then another month to do half of that. Yeah. So that's a rapid rate of acceleration because if you think about it, six months divided by 20, is that 5,000? Is that right? 5,000 a month? Yeah. Something like that? Something like that? I don't know. 2,500? I'm not doing math Something. on the call. Yeah. Here with Jess, not in front of a calculator, but it's Somebody like who's listening, grab a calculator. <laughs> now I've got to do it because I have to know. And Tag us on Instagram so it's at 20, James Wedmore. <laughs> uh, 20,000 in six months is like, Oh, it's 3,300. Okay. okay. It's $3,333.33 a month. So she went from $3,300 a month to 10,000. Mm-hmm. That's a 300% increase. So we tend to like look at these numbers and then we judge it compared to somebody else. Oh, that's still small. 10,000, blah, blah, blah. It was like, you just had a 300% increase in revenue in one month. That's mm-hmm. really significant. And you can keep that up. Right. So yeah. what happened, what happened next? Like what, after you did that, like, where were you? What, what did you do next? Yeah. So that was really kind of just awakening. And then I went to BBD live, which was another huge awakening. And I realized that like, I had built a bridge, like I figured out the bridge, but it wasn't the bridge that I wanted to live on forever. You chose the wrong one. I chose the wrong bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized- Is that really what it was though? Like, do you feel like you chose no, the wrong one? or just not like, at all. There's just, I feel like I grew. I outgrew that bridge. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 And so, and I still have that bridge actually. So I didn't truly outgrow it. It's just on evergreen and I don't really touch it. It just makes me money. But- mm-hmm. But yeah, so I went to BBD and I was like, you know what, like I've been playing small is what was happening. And the bridge that I was building and the audience that I was serving, I was doing it from a place of like safety. Like I don't have to put myself out there this much. I'm already known for this. Like I have an audience for this, but what I truly want to do is so much bigger than this. And BBD Live really kind of showed me that not only is it safe to be the person that I wanted to be. But that like, there are people who care about like that next level, right? I didn't feel like I was in this tiny box anymore at that event. And so I left the event. I had a really awesome one-on-one with Jasmine at the event. And we kind of outlined this beta launch for January of like this new aligned offer and what that was going to look like and what my goals were. I think we said that my goal was 25K, which was bananas at that point. Wow. So then I finished out the year and I relaunched another program that I had launched previously, which was in alignment with the other launch, Mm -hmm. kind of wrapped up the year. I made $80,000 in the last six months of the year. So, wow, yeah. So I went from 20K in the first half to 80K in the second half. Yeah. That's incredible. And then, yeah. And then in January, I launched a beta for a brand new offer, completely different audience, completely different offer. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is the ship that is taking off. It was aligned for some of my prior clients, but not 
in the long run. And so I had a really fascinating beta launch where I had my first $20,000 launch as a beta, which was again, biggest launch ever with a beta offer. And I learned so much by running through that process because it was a brand new offer. It was a new audience and it was a whole new like set of things for me. And now I'm gearing up to launch that beta offer in a full scale way. And it's going to be astronomical. Yes. Cause your success is inevitable. It is. And it's already here. That's so amazing. And to take you guys back, like I remember a time it was about 2013 I had gotten off of a launch and I did about $36,000, $33, something like that, $1,000. I thought I was the shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, that is so amazing. I did it in about a month. I was like, wow. So like, unbelievable. So I yeah. have to wonder like, what really is that like where a year ago, well, you're doing in a, in a month what you were doing in six months. Yeah. And like, and it's only the beginning, but it's still so much. Like, I know there's somebody listening here that's like, if I was doing that, like that would be life-changing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and it, you know, like, yeah, I know we throw out these big numbers for the stuff that we do, but I was living large and had a $30,000 launch doing that like two or three times a year, you know, like totally stoked and grateful and yeah. doing fine. How was that? What is that like for you? And, and, and how has that even just changed your life, the lifestyle and all that stuff? Oh my gosh. So many different ways. So to rewind my story a little bit to why I started my business in January of 2019, three months prior, I had just gotten home from an international trip for my sister's wedding in the UK, like Ireland and England. And I had a three-year-old and a brand new baby girl. She was six weeks old because I'm a crazy person who takes an infant internationally. (laughs) And we got home, we had drained our savings. My husband was the breadwinner. I was a stay-at-home mom who had like a little MLM business and we drained our savings to go on this two-week international vacation for my sister's wedding. We get home and my husband loses his job Mm. and we were capital F'd. Like I was making like a thousand dollars a month in my MLM business, but I just had a baby and we were like, what the crap? And when he came home, I remember this so clearly because it was such an odd moment, but he texted me from the driveway that he had just lost his job. He texted me, don't be mad. And I was like, okay. And he's like, come outside. And I was like, okay. And I came outside and he was sitting in his car in the driveway crying. And he said, they let me go. And I said, this is crazy, but I think this is the best thing that's ever happened to us. Wow. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I just think that this is like, this feels like the best thing that's ever going to happen to us. And in that moment, I changed. I became a person who was not okay with other people being in control of our circumstances. And I knew that I had been also playing small. It's a habit of mine. (laughs) And I was playing small with that MLM business and I was playing small in my life. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is the time for me to step it up. And so I decided I was going to start my own business and I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And I thought maybe it was going to be a mindset coaching business. And I started to kind of play with that. But in the meantime, like we had to file for Medicaid for my kids or Medicare or whatever it is for not old people. And we had to get on mortgage assistance because we had no income. And my husband started driving Uber and we were just trying to make it happen. And that's why I launched my business. And that's why I went forward with reckless abandon because I was no longer okay being a person who's was 
like let other people be in control of her circumstance. And so going from mortgage assistance to retiring my husband a year later, because he got a job and he was driving Uber at night while I was working, we were burning the candle at both ends. And a year later, I had sustained enough revenue in those $80,000 six months that he was able to leave the job that he got Mm. after that. And now he is a full-time dad and works with me in my business. Wow. That's so awesome. I love it. That's a really great story. Thank you. What does he think of me? He drinks all the Kool-Aid. No, he loves it. There's there's two, there's two versions. There's a like, oh my goodness. If you tell me, well, James said one more time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go find that guy and punch him in the face. (laughs) And then there's the other one, which is, well, James said, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's exactly what I've been telling you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I get a few of the spouses that thank me. They're like, thank you. Cause you, you just been saying the same thing that I say. Exactly. And it had to come from you. <laughs> yeah. Well, none of us can listen to our spouses. Just it's me on that. so true. Yeah, it is really true. <laughs> hey, you talked a lot about um, playing small. You know, this is a very common phrase that's used a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm curious, how does one know? Like, how did you know that you were playing small? Yeah. That's such a great question. I felt it in my body. Like I felt like I was meant for so much more. And I have felt this way my whole life. And it's funny with looking back at like zooming out even bigger and like different things that have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. I feel like the universe has such a higher purpose for me. Mm -hmm. And it's tried to show me that purpose in different avenues. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten in the way. And I've been out of fear and I've like, for example, like eight years ago before blog, like when blogging was just starting and now it's kind of like a totally different animal, but I built a blog eight years ago to a million viewers and I was on the news and I had a huge following and like I was an influencer before that was a thing and it got too big and I freaked out and I quit. And so like, I knew that there was always something bigger for me, but that I didn't feel big enough to hold that in that I was so operating from fear of what other people thought of me. And Mm. if I was able to be successful and I had this giant case file of evidence of why my success was not inevitable. And then in fact, like I was meant to be a failure and here's all the things that had failed in my life. That was proof of that. And finally I had to realize like I am dying to do something bigger, but I'm the thing holding me back. And that was when I really had to confront those beliefs and decide to see things differently. We watch our students closely at every level. And I was just talking to one of our coaches. I won't say who, but (laughs) I was just talking to one of our coaches probably about an hour and a half ago. And we had the same sentiment because, you know, we have, as, as Jess knows, we have all our members kind of, we really encourage, we don't force or make anybody do anything they don't want to do, but we really encourage them to share their debriefs or at the very least, do the debrief Mm -hmm. and then you can do it if you want to share it or not. But when you're sharing your debriefs and and then a next level, when you're, you're posting what you did at last quarter and we're kind of looking at that, we always, 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 always find the correlation with those that are crushing it the most in their business with those that are willing to do the most work on themselves. Mm -hmm. It's just without a doubt, Mm -hmm. just no exception. 
And you'll see some people that get stuck in their business, stuck at plateau. They have a refusal and that's okay. You know, we got to learn the way we're going to learn, you know, but they'll have a refusal to take a look at anything else, like take a look in the mirror, you know? And so I just, I have to commend you because getting to know you over the past, however been it's been since October to watch your growth. And I know it's not easy, right? You didn't necessarily like, Oh, James finally taught me a secret strategy that he's hiding from everybody else. Yeah. You know, you're doing the same things that a lot of people are doing, but you've been doing that work to let go and to grow. It's been so beautiful to watch that unfold for you to like, me maybe throw some, and you hit the nail right on the head. Like when you said, like, I'm really good at listening to people that know more than me or mm-hmm. have what I want or have created the experience that I would like to experience myself. And guess what? That I did a whole episode on this. It's called, uh, the skill of learning or so I don't know what mm, I call I it. It's about learning. Yeah. Right? And it's like, yeah, most people don't know how to listen and they don't know how to learn. <laughs> and uh, I've seen that I've seen, cause I, I'll throw out little things like little, you know, I don't know, little tidbits and, and you just see who picks it up, what they do with it. And I've watched you grab hold of things and just run with it. And that's so beautiful to watch. And that's, you know, I hope you guys are getting a sense of that here mm-hmm. in this episode, that that's what Jess has been able to do. Also, what's worth noting, I hope it's worth noting for you, is letting people know that behind the scenes, I train some people to become coaches themselves. Mm. And Jess is one of those individuals. They, you know, they go through an interview process and it's kind of an extensive one, but it kind of isn't because most of the people that I let in, I, I know already on some capacity. So the interview has kind of already been done because I know them, right? And I've gotten to know Jess and she was a standout person at our BBD live event as well. So, you know, she got to go through this, this program and, and learn some coaching to be able to provide coaching for our community, but also skills that she could take back and apply to her students. And I'm curious, was there anything from that experience of learning the coaching, going through the coaching, receiving coaching, and then coaching others during this time that was of value to you? Were there any major like insights or what would you say is like your biggest lesson or takeaway from all of that? Yeah, that's, I love that. So I don't know if I told you this, but I manifested that. I manifested being in your coaching. It's awesome. I was actually really feeling like in order to get to my next level, I need to be a better coach. I have done coaching, but I was never trained in coaching. I know no NLP, like I have no experience coaching people. So I fall much into the strategy side of that in my one-on-one clients. And I was like, I really want to learn how to be a better coach. And then that's when the opportunity was put so right cool. in front of me, yeah. which has been so evidenced in a lot of different things. I'm, I realized that I'm a very powerful manifester in that way. Yeah. And so, so from that, I learned a few things that are probably not what you're expecting. Okay. So the first thing that I learned was like how to shift people's beliefs and really understanding like the, like the format of a belief and how like that works. And I've been like that knowledge and everything was a huge piece that you imparted on me. But more than that, I learned that I am, this is such a hard thing to phrase, but like Mm -hmm. I, that I am worthy of being in this elite group of people to learn something like Mm -hmm. something that was a shared experience with the other coaches going through that. And I was like, who the heck are we to be here? But then we had to remember we're here because you chose us. Yeah. Well, and there's no like elite. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's really just like people that, um, you know, their hearts in the right place. And, yeah. and, you know, I forgot what we had you guys do as part of the interview. I think one of them was, was, did you guys have to do videos? Yeah, we did videos. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's right. It's pretty apparent when you put someone on camera and you can see their body language and mm -hmm. what they choose to talk about. And, you know, again, I already knew you, but we were choosing people that weren't making it about themselves. Like if, mm -hmm. you know, you came on and you're like, I know that I can help more people when I learn more coaching. Where it's like, well, that's the kind of person we want to work with, you know? What I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't use the word like it was an elite group. It's just like right. people whose hearts are in the right place. Yeah. So that's really good. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, it's that there's so much power in somebody else believing in you before you believe in yourself. Oh yeah. And, and that, that's what we do as coaches. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, through this whole journey, gave that to me, right? At BBD Live, we had a hot seat coaching call at one point, like, and even in inviting me into that container to learn and grow and experience all of it at a higher level, you were believing in me before I necessarily believed in myself. Mm -hmm. And that gave me the confidence to believe in other people before they believe in themselves too. Absolutely. I think we all got to do that. That's what I think we all have to be doing for our people. So that's, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Let me ask you this, looking at where you are now on the precipice of your launch and everything, would you say you're playing small right now? It's funny. I ask myself all the time, like, <laughs> is this, am I still playing small? Yeah. And I think that in this exact moment, I am playing bigger than I've ever played before. Mm, yeah. And yeah. that might still be small, but it's yeah. bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. It's like, this is the biggest I've ever played and I will mm -hmm. look back and it will be smaller than what I'm playing the next time. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. But I have crazy goals. I have like audacious mm -hmm. action. I am investing more in my launch and in myself and in my growth right now um, and in a team than I've ever done before because I know and I have the faith that when I play big and I play all in, the universe plays right back in. So, so true. Yeah. That's so beautiful. What about like the fear of people and their judgment and their criticisms? Like what advice or perspective could you offer for the lot of listeners out there that still have that? Yeah. That's such a big thing that's holding people back. Oh and yeah. It was holding me back and I was mm -hmm. truly like living for the fear of other people's opinions. Like mm -hmm. I would censor what I was saying on social media. I wouldn't do what I wanted to do because I was afraid of what other people might think about it. And I had to really confront this idea of other people's opinions. And it's really, well, I love that your audience is into woo because it really was a woo way that I worked my way through this. Mm. And it was through negative podcast reviews, actually, is kind of how it confronted me because they, like, I don't tend to get negative feedback on like Instagram or anything, like mm -hmm. tangible feedback. But as soon as I launched my podcast, I got like 20 negative reviews right off the bat, which my wow. podcast isn't bad. I just have like a group of people who don't like me. And so what I realized though, is that I'm not sure that the people that don't like me, if they're actual people or if they're just physical manifestations of my own fears. Mm. And when I realized that all of those negative things that people maybe have said to me or said about me, they were all direct reflections of the fears and the things that I was already thinking mm. about myself. Yeah. I was able to look at any piece of criticism and any piece of like negative feedback as a physical manifestation of what I was already believing to be true. Yeah. And so it's no longer a person. There is no human that thinks this about me. It's me who thinks this about me. Yep. And the universe yep. putting that in front of me yep. to show me that I have to heal this in order to become my next level. Yeah. 
And that is that so, changed pro- the game. so profound. I did an episode on that years ago and it was like very similar. It was like, all we're doing is activating that in other people. Yes. Like, it's like if you're really nervous or if you're around somebody who's really nervous and you start to feel nervous, mm-hmm. right? it's like they activate nervousness in you. Yeah. It's the same thing. And if you could, wow, if you could look at all that, the way Jess is talking about it, look at the criticism as, oh, this is what's already active and present in me. Cause if it mm-hmm. wasn't, then it, you it wouldn't, wouldn't bother you. It wouldn't bother you. Yeah. If exactly. someone said like, like, I know I'm intelligent, I'm not the most smartest person, but I like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm straight and complete with where my level of intelligence is. So if someone said, you're stupid, like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. Right? It's like, you're so short, like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. So I'd only react if it felt true to me already, if it was already the thing that I feared to be true. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just like the whole, yeah, all our critics are actually trying to teach you something about yourself. Absolutely. And I would say to those people who are afraid of that and afraid of confronting that, like, what is it costing you to not confront this truth that's your, that you're holding inside of your heart? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not afraid, if you're so afraid to say what you want to say, because people might think something, or you might have to confront a fear within yourself about it. What is it costing you holding on to this small place and not confronting that fear and not confronting that belief and continuing to choose to believe that it's true? Where if you could just put yourself out there and push past that and be confronted with that criticism, if if it's even there, like that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Right. The fear of potential (laughs) criticism, it may never actually happen. And letting go of what it means about you that other people or the fears that you have inside of your heart are coming to be in front of you and what can you learn from it? I think that that's a really powerful place to be. A hundred percent. And what it's costing you is everything, everything is so whatever your goal is right now that you've been hoping mm-hmm. and wishing and writing on your vision board. That's what it's costing you. It's costing you mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. People don't think it's like, no, I think it's because I've been doing challenges and challenges aren't working for me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You can keep pointing at those things, but seeing people crush it with their challenges, seeing people crush it with Instagram and webinars and all, you know, all the things, all the things. So I hold this belief that the more haters I have, the more successful I am. (laughs) I love it. Yes. I've definitely gotten more. (laughs) And it's just proof of like saying something. And it's it's funny that that's kind of become my platform of like being polarizing, being, not being afraid to say the thing that people might not like because that's what attracts the people who will like it to you. It's sad too, because these people that are, you know, that we label as haters and stuff, Mm -hmm. some of them like really think that they're hurting you when they try to say the things that they do. Expose the truth. I got her, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm taking her down single-handedly. And it's like, karma is real folks. Mm -hmm. Wake up to karma. It is real. It is absolutely real. And you're only hurting yourself. If that yeah. person is doing something wrong, then karma will take care of them. You're right. not the, the, you're not the karma the boss police. of the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then karma will handle, will course correct. Yeah. And they'll learn their lessons. But if you go around hurting people, it is such a violation of karmic law. It will just bite you in the butt. It will come right yeah. around and whack you in the back. You know, 
yeah. sadly you see a lot of people doing that. I'm like, careful. <laughs> well, careful. and if you hold on to judgment for other people, it's because you're judging yourself. Yes. And so yeah. it's such like, and that's an, a, that's like a very, I hate the word woke, but like, that's a very <laughs> enlightened way to look at it. And haters don't look at it that way. No, because if they did, they wouldn't be doing right? it. Right. Then they yeah. wouldn't do it. And so like, Every time that I see somebody making a platform, tearing other people down for no good reason, it's because they have that, they yeah. have that judgment in their hearts for themselves. Yeah, and you guys have heard that hurt people, hurt people yeah. talked about the, you know, when you squeeze the orange, what comes out the juice, mm -hmm. that's cause that's what's inside. So when you're squeezed, what comes out, what comes exactly. out is what's within. So judgment, you're judging yourself cause that's what's, what's within. Yep. If you're hurting or trying to hurt, it's cause you're hurt or you're hurting yourself, you know, you know, yeah, we all got some healing and work to do, of course, but the more we can be on the inside who we truly are, which is love, unconditional love and, mm -hmm. and be that, express that, give that. Yeah. You know, karma works in the other way too. You know, you it's get so what you true. give. So yeah, it's good. Really good. Jess, this has been fantastic. Any final thoughts or words for our listeners before we wrap this up? I think that my biggest piece of word or whatever to leave with them is just what would you do and how would you show up if you fully did believe that your success was inevitable? Mm -hmm. And I know like it's on my wall for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. James mentioned it at the beginning, but that's truly the belief that changed my life was wow. no longer looking at everything that I was doing as proof that my failure was inevitable, which was such a wake up call to realize that I was too afraid to do anything. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of playing too big. I was afraid of, well, if I do this, then it's going to fail. Like I'll get so big, but then what happens if it falls and everything that mm -hmm. I was operating under was that I was ultimately going to fail. Like I was put on this earth to die a failure and that didn't feel very good. And no. so I decided to look for evidence for my success being inevitable. And I built a case file up of evidence of proof of that. And I so decided awesome. to operate from that place of like, what would I do right now if I was ultimately going to be successful at whatever I do? And having that reckless abandon and having that faith in whatever I do, it's going to work out. Either it's going to be a lesson or a success. Like that's what freed me from everything that was holding me back. Mm, so beautiful. Simple, not easy. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if you're not willing to do something tough, you know, maybe entrepreneurship isn't the right <laughs> racket for you. Jess, this has been amazing. Where can people connect and follow up with you? You can find me on Instagram at jess.oconnell underscore, or you can check out my podcast, which is called Decide to Rise. Awesome. We'll link that all up in the show notes for you guys. Jess, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in, for hanging out and staying to the end. Make sure to reach out to Jess and share with her your favorite, most impactful part of what she shared with you here today on this episode. And we'll see y'all here next time on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com 
forward slash activate and we can get started right now.